Love hitting the highway? It's time now for Road Trips Australia with the Dark. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. In partnership with Top Parks. There's a Top Parks holiday for every family budget. Plus, become a Top Parks G'day Rewards member and save even more. Visit topparks.com.au. Life is a Yes, g'day and welcome to the very latest edition of Road Trips Australia, an Aussie travel podcast produced by Blue Collar Media in partnership with Top Parks. Every week we'll go into detail of Australia's most iconic road trips and some not so iconic, the attractions along the way and the must-do stop-offs as well and we'll also throw in some tips and information for you. We'll also put the spotlight on caravan parks located either during the road trip or at the final destination, the facilities, the services you can expect and of course all of the accommodation options from caravan and camping sites to on-site cabins and a whole lot more. This week we are off on a cracker. It is one of Australia's longest road trips, the Nullarbor. This one was that we got as a request by one of our listeners and we certainly do appreciate all the feedback that we do get. So we're off to the Nullarbor this week. There is a stack of camping spots as well as some must-see locations along the Nullarbor. And I actually did that trip late last year. Went over and back uh, for the uh, Perth four-wheel drive adventure show and camped all my way across there and of course all the way back to the east. So Vic Woodman will join us and give us a more detailed look at this iconic road trip that runs right across the southern parts of Australia. It is an absolute ripper. Now lucky for us there is a top park caravan park at each end of the Nullarbor. Now there's one at Sejuna uh, in South Australia and another in Kalgoorlie in the west and we'll have a detailed look at both parks with our mate Laura Cocking from uh, Top Parks who joins us again this week. So if you love heading off in a motorhome, you love caravanning, camping or just getting out there in the car and taking off, you will love Road Trips Australia. You too can be a part of it just by sending an email. You can do that by going to bluecollarmedia.com.au and click on contact there. We certainly love the feedback, so just go to Blue Collar Media, click on contact and drop us a note. We love it and we do reply to all of those emails here. Okay, let's kick things off as we usually do with our song that Adam Harvey wrote for us. It's a beauty as well. We love it. This is Road Trips Australia and here's Adam Harvey's number one hit. Highway number one. Highway number one goes on forever. Once you hit the road, it never ends. Just ask anyone who's ever been there. You go around once and you'll go around again. Don't go looking in the rearview mirror. Thinking about the things you haven't done. Caravan, campervan, get there any way you can I'll see you out on highway number one It starts off with a strange, uneasy feeling You're doing things outside the old routine Instead of reading better homes and gardens You're getting lost in travel magazines but Then one day you wake up humming on the road that's when you know it's time to go Highway number one goes on forever Once you hit the road it never ends Just ask anyone who's ever been there You 
go around once and you go around again. Don't go looking in the rearview mirror, thinking about the things you haven't done. Caravan, caravan, get there any way you can. I'll see you out on highway number one. Yard to greet at every turn. Next thing you're thinking as you face a road ahead, I wish I'd known years ago. Adam Harvey with that song Highway Number One. It is an absolute cracker and part of a, an album, the title track, in fact, of an album that Adam is releasing later in the year. And I think you're sure, I'm sure you agree with me that uh, that particular song was written just for us. The lyrics just unbelievable. And uh, as soon as all of us can get out and cross a few borders again, uh, we certainly will be on that highway number one. If you haven't uh, if you haven't bought that song, you need to do it, and you can grab that song at all the usual places where you do grab music from. But that is an absolute cracker, that one, from Adam Harvey. As I, as I mentioned earlier, we are doing The Nullarbor this week, and that was uh, from an email that we received, and uh, we thought, why not? The Nullarbor is one of the uh, most iconic road trips you will do in Australia and I was lucky enough to do it last year as I said and uh, I, I hooked up the camper trailer and basically just headed over and really didn't book anywhere we just I just free camped all the way uh, it was fantastic and because I was on my own it's a fair bit easier to do that because you don't have to be so fussy and you can just pull up wherever you like and I found some cracking spots along the way which I will uh, go into detail with Vic Woodman uh, a little bit later on about and uh, there was a couple of spots that he actually recommended to me on that trip so we'll uh, look at those as well. It is a beauty. Now for everyone who loves to stay in a caravan park or you know whether in your caravan, your camper or of course in, in a cabin 
Lucky for us, top parks do have a spot right at either end, basically, of the Nullarbor. And we'll talk to Laura um, Cocking very shortly about that. One park at Sejuna in South Australia, which is a fantastic little, uh, fantastic place. I was quite fascinated with Sejuna, um, which is obviously the eastern end of the Nullarbor. And then another one in Kalgoorlie. So we'll take a look at both of those parks for you. And Laura Cogging, who's joined us the last couple of weeks here on the uh, Road Trips Australia podcast from Top Parks, is on the line. Laura, how are you going? G'day, sir. I'm well. How are you? I'm going good, mate. I'm going good. I'll tell you, I've a bit of good news around at the moment with the caravan parks. And obviously, this is a podcast, mm -hmm. so it depends on when you are listening to this. But currently, borders are closed and we've been in restrictions and travel restrictions and all that stuff uh, in light of the coronavirus. But... Things are starting to open up again, and we mentioned last week uh, that South Australian caravan parks have reopened, which is good news. There's a little bit of travel on. It's all um, heading in the right direction now, Laura. Yes, we're very excited. The same in WA, even though we've got some, uh, they've opened up the regional borders as well. Um, so we're a little bit more flexible. So we've sort of got some main zones now. Uh, so we're very excited for that. And Hopefully, maybe next time we talk, um, those state borders might have had something exciting happen. Oh, we hope so, mate, because I can tell you now, <laughs> there are a lot of caravans sitting in a lot of driveways and a lot of houses around Australia at the moment. I, I know mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's still a lot out there. I think like 75,000 have been sitting and isolating in caravan parks yeah. around the country, which is quite amazing, really. But there's still a lot. I'm one of the ones that haven't struck a blow for <laughs> ages just sitting here. But anyway, now... Look, this week we our, um, our road trip is, of course, the Nullarbor, which is an absolute cracker of a road trip, and I don't know. Have you ever driven the Nullarbor? No, I haven't. I've done either, either side, but I haven't done the bit in the middle. Oh, come on, mate. Come on, Laura. <laughs> I know. It's all, about so R it's all about R&D, you know. Yeah, I hate, I'm all about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've got the best job going, actually. But anyway, well, I have done it, and I can tell you I know of the park at Sejuna, and, uh, which is an absolute cracker. And then obviously when you get to the other end, you know, depending on which way you're heading, but at the other end of the Nullarbor, you can go to Kalgoorlie, and I thought there was one park there, but there's actually two parks in Kalgoorlie. Why don't you give us the uh, give us the first one of the park in Kalgoorlie that people can stop at for a bit of a breather and look around a pretty iconic town? Sure thing. So we've got the Discovery Park at Kalgoorlie. Both of them are the Discovery-owned ones. So the Kalgoorlie Goldfields Holiday and Caravan Park, that's the one that's geared mostly towards um, the Nomad Traveller. And then the second one is uh, the Boulder uh, Caravan Park, and that one's catered more towards sort of a little bit longer term, more workforce style. Yeah, okay. Um, well, let's look at the Goldfield one because they're the people that uh, – they're the ones – the people that will uh, definitely um, – people that listen to our podcast, they're the Grey Nomads and the Travellers, so the Goldfield's probably up there rally a little bit. Most certainly. So this one, you've got the pool, the camp kitchen, laundry, playground. Um, they have – uh, obviously, the, because of the dining hall at the other caravan park, um, you can actually get meals, um, sort of like as a pickup and delivery, and and flick back to, um, between them. Mm. And the uh, Goldfields Park has pets allowed both in cabins um, as well as sites. So if you wanted to have that moment of um, you, you've come off the Nullarbor and you sort of you need a bed and you don't want to set up, and you've got your pet with you, 
you can jump in the cabin and all is still well and good. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? And, mate, and like all like all your parks, they've got fantastic camp, kitchens, laundry, playground for the kids. Now, there's a restaurant at this park, is that right? Uh, so not at this one. It's just that they've got the, the dining hall restaurant at the other park, which is literally just a K or two up the road. Oh, right, okay. um, And so you can order through there and, uh, and pick up on the way through. So, yeah, by all means. Yeah. You don't even have to cook. Yeah, look, there's, there's, a, there's a, a huge range of uh, cabin accommodations there. You've got the deluxe two-bedroom uh, cabin as well as the standard studio. But the standard cabin, I mean, what about the design of the triangular yeah. roof? I, I love it, the A-frame roof. Yes. And now, look, I, I'm looking at a photo of one and I notice that there's a window up the top. Is there like a mezzanine floor? Or is that yeah, just, yep. so, what, yeah, mezzanine floor and a bedroom up the top too. Yeah, really, that's okay. Now, and the standard cabin actually sleep five people, which is fantastic. And the beauty of that too is that um, it's only $134 um, a night. But if you're a member, one of those G'day Reward members, which we like to uh, encourage people to uh, join that, you can actually get that for about $120, so 121 bucks, which is really nothing. But, mate, the ca- cabin accommodations looks fantastic. The other thing too is that it um, looks like very spacious powered sites as well. Very, very cheap, only $33 for members. Yes, exactly. And and they have wide open space. So you've got definitely enough room. Um, you've got the nice canopies of the trees there to give you some shade. As you know, it's got a bit hot in Cal. Uh, so, yes, they've got it all there and you can you can spread out, which is maybe just what you need. Yeah, exactly right. And then, obviously, you've got those very popular ensuite sites. So if you've got a, mm-hmm. uh, a van without the ensuite or you're in a camper or, or a camper trailer as such, you can book yourself um, an ensuite site, so you get your own private little bathroom there. And again, only fifty six dollars for members, sixty two if you're not a member. It's still very, very cheap, and uh, absolutely fantastic um, uh, accommodation options here. And unpowered sites, um, again, nice spacious grassed area to set your camp up, and uh, you can sleep plenty of people there. Now I notice you've got economy. Ensuite rooms for one people. So the, this is at the gold fields as well. Uh, yes, it is. Yep. So there's availability just for um, single standard rooms. So just sleep one person. Whether again, if you're there for work or you just need a, you're on a big drive mm. and need a nice comfy bed to lay your head, that's uh, that would be the way to go. Yeah, and the one thing too, which is going to be very very popular in Kalgoorlie, would be the swimming pool. It's an absolute yeah. ripper. It's a it's big. It is a big one, yep, and you've got the, the lovely lounge chairs around the side, so you really can kick back and relax. Yeah, and a big, a big, uh, I'll notice there's a bit one of those big shade sails uh, up over the pool as well, which is fantastic. I think the one thing that I think you've hit on here is the fact that dogs are allowed, because a lot of people these days, Laura, they travel with their pets, don't they? Yeah, most certainly, if, whether it's just for companionship, uh, security, like it's just, you don't, if you've got one, you don't want to leave it at home, especially when you go on a big trip. So, uh, yeah, and, and then having the availability to have them in a cabin as well, um, they deserve a bit of luxury too. They're the ones doing the rounds with you. So, yeah. so I think they, they deserve to be in a cabin as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a, and a good playground for the kids. Again, a big shade shaded area for the kids to play. Plenty for them to – plenty of gear there to keep them busy. And the one thing that a lot of people – Love these days, and I, I, you would never have thought this would be a feature of any caravan park. These days, it's almost standard issue. We have Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, standard issue, correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Okay, so that's the uh, 
That's the Kalgoorlie Goldfields, which looks like an absolute cracker. And if you just go onto the um, onto the Top Parks website, you'll see it there. And the one thing I, I like about we, we talk about the parks over in the west is all the when you look through the photos, and I always and that's a great way just to judge. It's great to have a look at. There's two things I like when I look at a park. If I'm doing a little, doing a bit of research, one I like to look at the photos, and then obviously I like to look at a park map. And when you, especially when you know what site you're on, so you can see, oh yeah, I can get in that way or and whatever. But the one thing I do enjoy about looking at the photos when we look at caravan parks in the west is it's always a blue sky. I mean, what's happening there? Well, it's just a place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, spoken as a, as a true sand grower myself. Yeah. Um, yes, our skies are always beautiful, and just that little that little spot of cloud creates for a beautiful sunset every night. All right, okay. So, all right, so we're <laughs> we're, we're leaving the goldfields now, and then we're going to do our road trip across the Nullarbor. We're heading east, and then so uh, and obviously we'll talk a bit later on after you you go back to doing some work. We'll talk about the uh, Nullarbor in detail with Vic Woodman shortly. But when you get over, right across, and there's plenty of places you can camp along the way, all the way along the Nullarbor and plenty of things to see, uh, to see and do. But when you get over to the other end and you get to Sejuna, you've got a, fanta- a park in a fantastic spot there. It is the best spot in Sejuna. Uh, you are looking at, at the beautiful water. Uh, you've got the Sejuna Foreshore Hotel right across the road, which has amazing meals, great atmosphere for a pub. Yep. Um, and the hosts there, um, Marty and, and Jody, are second to none. They're super friendly. Marty will put you on site. So give us uh, the name. Give us give us the name of that park because there are a few there are a few caravan parks in Sejuna. So the name of your one is a Sejuna Foreshore. It sure is. Yep. Yeah, which is a, again a, a fantastic park. Um, and look, the thing. Oh, look, if you haven't been to Sejuna, have you been to Sejuna? I sure have. Yeah, isn't it a great spot? Right, it's just surrounded by water and, and a real touristy little town too. I, I was I was quite impressed by it, and I'd never been there before, and uh, until late last year, and I was just so impressed. I thought, how good is this place? It's just fantastic, and just surrounded by the ocean there, and like I said, a little yeah. touristy town. But this park. Again, is an absolute cracker. Yes, um, this is this is, this is one of my favourite ones. It's not an overly big park, um, so definitely book mm. uh, to, to jump in there because it's got the absolute prime location. Uh, but yes, from there, waterfront villas to ensuite cabins, um, both executive and superior, and then their sites. Um, and everything is is manicured and beautiful. The campus kitchen is centrally located, nice and big and modern. Um, they've even got a pizza oven there on site too, so they really try to make sure that that you're you not only do you have a beautiful view, but um, yeah, you've got the beautiful hospitality from Marty and Jody as well. Oh, absolutely, and I love the 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 actual uh, the waterfront villas are fantastic with um, two bedroom superior ocean view villas, which is just fantastic. And um, basically, they offer large entertainment deck, panoramic views. Of the uh, of the water, which is just fantastic, um, and you know you've got split system air conditioner, balcony, linens provided to the main bedroom, which is always a good thing because that's a, that's the one thing, especially for people that are travelling, um, you know, doing road trips in cars and not, not necessarily carrying linen and things. So that can be provided as well. Beautiful separate living areas and bunk beds, and uh, and plenty of other um, extras as well, and also. The the thing I like about it is that the villas, like we say, you get the uh, 
You get the fantastic water views, TV in the main bedroom as well, which is always handy. Come with video and DVD players and all that sort of stuff. And about a whole range of um, of cabins there, executive ensuite cabins as well, superior ensuite cabins, stand, standard rooms, powered sites. Now, look, tell me about the um, the continental breakfast. Is that in the cabins? Uh, so, yeah, they're available um, for the guests and you can uh, get them at the hotel just across the road that I was talking about, yep. the Kajuna Foreshore Hotel. So they all sort of work in together. Um, obviously, we love it when regional operators work together like that and make the absolute most of the guest time while they're there. Mm. So, yeah, you can organise that prior to. Um, and, yeah, really great pricing at $10 per person. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And the beauty of this too is if, you, if you're travelling with – you know, little ones and babies. There's a baby's change room and a baby bath as well. And you mentioned that camp kitchen, shady sites, a free electrical, a free electric barbecue, which is always uh, good. The one thing I love is the fact that there's plenty of ocean views. Again, we're looking at a great children's playground at this one, uh, and of course the free internet. We love the free Wi-Fi, don't we? <laughs> we love that. Um, and we pet, sure and again, pet friendly. This park is pet friendly. Just bear in mind with this one, it is on the sites only. So, um, Sejuna Foreshore. If you if you're in you're heading to Sejuna, and you've got your trusted little furry friends with you, they are certainly welcome at this park. Um, plenty. Uh, there's a, the one other thing too is because it's on the water. Um, you know, fishing's a go. So there's actually a, mm-hmm. a, an area where you can clean your fish, which is fantastic, which is called the Fish Cleaning Station, which is an absolute great idea. Free crab net hire. I like that. Free crab net hire. So you're not actually That's hiring. Cool. It's actually borrowing. It's not really hiring. You can fill your gas bottles as well. There's a kiosk there uh, with plenty of bait, tackle and ice. Um, there's a nearby boat ramp for anyone who's carting along a tinny as well, or for those of you that are uh, that are towing a boat. And of course, there's beach and swimming access, which again is is fantastic. This is a great park, an absolute beauty. And, and look, the the camp kitchen is just unbelievable at this park. Uh, it's very, a beauty, isn't very, it? very spacious, spread out. Nice big stainless steel benches to prepare your food and all those things. And I I'm not, I know we've spoken about it before, Laura, but the the camp kitchens, and I've spoken to Michelle about this, they're like the community hub within the park. They sure are. And this one definitely, definitely provides that. It's, it's got that open frontage to it. It's got that amazing red, bright red splashback, so you can't help but feel happy. Yeah, um, exactly and, right. <laughs> where else would you rather be? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, between the, the fish cleaning facilities, you can cook up your crabs that you've caught uh, and have a barbie and, and catch up with people with like-minded yeah, people and as well. So. Absolutely, and access to the park right there on the water. It certainly is a beautiful part of Australia and a, and a great little town, Sejuna. And as I mentioned, it's just that got that little tourist feel about it when you go and wander through um, through the main streets and, and around the cafes. There's plenty to see and do in this area. And whether you you, you travelled from the west across the Nullarbor uh, or and pulled up a Sejuna for a rest, or whether you're just preparing yourself to head the other way, this park is an absolute must. If you're going to stop in a caravan park at Sejuna, certainly um, we recommend that you stop at the Sejuna Foreshore um, Caravan Park. It's a beauty. And again, like all your parks, Laura friendly manages to welcome you at reception. That's it. Marty and Jody, let them know that, uh, that you, you heard it from us. 
first and foremost, they're, they're amazing people and they've run this park for quite a, a length of time now. So you can definitely tell that they've got a lot of love for it and a lot of love for the people that appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a great spot. Well, hopefully they'll start seeing a lot more people soon as we all as we get the green light to get in yeah. and, and, and take off. We can't wait for that, I can tell you. But cabin <laughs> fever here, Laura. All righty, well, you've done well. And we also recommend that people jump onto your website, thetopparks.com.au, uh, join up and, and become a G'day's Rewards member. There are a stack of benefits with that, um, including uh, discounts uh, on accommodation in the caravan parks. But not only that, there's plenty of other savings to be made around the place and I think we've mentioned the good guys and a few others as well. So it's, it pays to be a, a G'day Rewards member at Top Parks. Perfect. It sure does. All right, mate. Well, well done. You enjoy. And um, you're over there in the west. And uh, is it a blue sky there today? Of course it is. It's nothing ever but a blue sky. Won't we love it. How good is it? Well, every time <laughs> I've, whenever I've been over there, it seems to be anyway. It does rain there. Yeah. Rain there occasionally, surely. Yeah, but only at night. That's how we like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well done. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you soon, eh? All right. Sounds good. Thanks for your time. Good on you, Laura. And there was Laura Cocking, and she's one of the gurus at Top Parks. And as you can see, she's very, very passionate about the offerings of Top Parks. And like we say, check out the website, topparks.com.au. And as you know, Vic Widman joins us here on Road Trips Australia every week. And of course, this week we are talking about one of the most iconic road trips that you will do, the Nullarbor. And I'm happy to say that Vic Widman is here and I'm not sure when you'll be listening to this podcast, but I can tell you that today it's Vic Uh-oh. Widman's birthday. <laughs> How good's that, Vic? Happy birthday. From, that's just the staff out here at Blue Collar Media, mate. Happy birthday. That's unbelievable. 21 today. Yippee. Yeah, I'm not sure about 21, mate, but anyway, it was one of <laughs> quite a few years ago, mate. But uh, but we yeah. just we just spoke to Laura from um, Top Parks and there's actually some caravan park options at either end of the of the um, the Nullarbor one, a beautiful park right on the waterfront there at Sejuna. And, the one and, 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 and yeah. there's a couple of parks in Kalgoorlie. One's more for the workers out there and the miners, but there's another one there set up for the grey nomads. But in between, to join those two dots, is one yeah. hell of a drive. Oh, isn't there what? I mean, the Nullarbor Plain, mate, um, and just by the by, I've stayed in both those caravan parks as I've travelled around, and they're beauties. Mm. But uh, the Nullarbor Plain, I mean, look, over the years, and given it's my birthday, um, look, you know, the, I remember when the road over the Nullarbor was gravel and dirt, and it was a hell of a drive. Mm. Uh, these days it's sealed, of course, all the way, and, um, and it's still a hell of a drive because it's a how do, they, how do we put it? It's a bloody long way. Mm, oh, That's mate! It's, we well, <laughs> as you know, I did it last year, and um, for the for, I went over for the uh, Perth Four Wheel Driving Adventure Show, yep. and I I basically just hooked up the camper trailer and 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 camped my way over and back, uh, oh, and I actually did a radio program. From over there as well, on, at one of the roadhouses there. Uh, what's the one? I can't remember the name of it now. Where the um, where the Oz sat? What was that? That that satellite that hit the deck over there somewhere? Yeah, yep. yeah, and that's uh, the one. Yeah, Belladonia. Yeah, that's it. And uh, I was there, camped yep. there for a few days, which was uh, mate, it's pretty isolated. 
Um, yeah. some, but some great camp spots, plenty of free camping along the Nullarbor and, and some with facilities, um, some without, yeah. but a stack of them with facilities. But it is one It is one of those trips I think everybody should, if they can, they should um, They should do the Nullarbor at least once. Here's a question for you. If right. you cross the Nullarbor and from, from the east to the west and then drive yep. back, can you say you've done the Nullarbor twice? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Mate, you've, you've already gone across it and then you've come back. Oh. Hello, Vic. In my whole time. Mm-hmm. Just, sorry, driven... Vic, we just lost you there. Just say that again. Yeah, I was just saying that I've I've actually, in all my times of travel, I've actually only crossed the full length of it once. Mm. I've um, uh, That was coming from Western Australia back to, to the East Coast. And I've um, I've driven parts of it several times, leading different trips and that. So yeah, definitely, mate. I I consider that I have crossed the Nullarbor, and you can you can safely say that you've you've doubled on my ability. You've done it twice, mate. Mm, one hell of a drive. All right. So which way are we? Um, it basically it stretches between um, Norseman in Western Australia and Sejuna in in South Australia. We just had a bit of a talk about Sejuna then with Laura from Top Parks. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's right. And look, the thing, the thing with it, I, I remember when I left to go over there, Vic, and I, I, fu- I stopped and topped up some fuel in Cobar in New South Wales, and the, yeah. the lady that was working there, I, I, I'd, I'd actually what I did, I'd never, it was strange. It was one of those trips because I emceed a wedding the day before I left, I ne- and then I stayed in the city, and then I had to get back out, and I never oh. left here until late, and. So what I did, I got about fifty kilometres out of Cobar. There's a little, oh, it's not it's a little bit of a rest stop off to the side. Pull, yeah, yeah, I think I know the one. 50, yeah, another yeah, fifty k's yeah. out. It's right beside the railway line, I think. You pull up there, and yeah, a bit of, and a bit of a, yeah, that's it. Now on the right, heading into Cobar. Anyway, I pulled, yeah, the left, right. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I pulled in there, and then I got into had a had a bit of a sleep, and then and got into Cobar as the service station was opening, and the way that. Um, this, she basically explained it. She goes, oh, where are you off to? And I said, oh, we're off to Perth. She goes, oh, yeah. She said, you know, 1,200 to, what did she say? I think it was something like a, another 1,000 case to Sejuna and then another 1,400 to wherever it was, I think Norseman. Yeah. But she made it yeah. sound so easy. And what I did was <laughs> I actually took I actually took her advice and on the way over, I gunned it. I'm not When I say gunned it, I just headed <laughs> for there because I wanted to get there. <laughs> Because we were going over for work, and, and then took me time coming back. But I've got yeah. to say, there are some long stretches from the minute you you head off. There, there is some long stretches, even say once you leave Broken Hill, some long stretches all oh, the yeah. way. It is oh, amazing. Yeah. It is just one yep. long drive to Port Augusta, from Port Augusta to Sejuna, and then obviously across the Nullarbor. Yeah. It's, a, it's an epic yeah. trip. You definitely want to have the podcast loaded up and be ready to listen to them on those very long, long drives and uh, where the scenery doesn't seem to change very much. But um, it, it's amazing. When you sit down and start to look at the map and look at all the little places that are inscribed on it, um, there's actually a hell of a lot to see, mate. There's a hell of a lot to see. So, you look, I, I was going to run north and back back across because a bit like you, you know, that's what I did. I I went across through the centre of Australia and then we came back and, and we did take our time. And, in fact, a very, very funny story. Um, when I was coming across there 
in 2006, I met a guy on a skateboard, and I, I thought, what's this, what's this bloke doing, you know? Mm. And, and it was a typical mad Englishman uh, riding the skateboard. In fact, I've got to know Dave very well, Dave Cornthwaite from, from London. Um, he's on an epic journey to do 25 1,000-mile non-motorised trips. Mm. Right? So just think about that, 25 different trips without using a motor, right, which have to be at least 1,000 miles long. And the, the skateboard one was his very first one way back in 2006. He's done about 15 of them now, and each Saturday night he's actually doing a little little, little uh, Facebook thing himself, a live Facebook thing, mm. re, re, um, recounting all the different stories. He was talking about doing a stand-up paddleboard down the Mississippi last Saturday night. Mm. But, um, but we met him there and had a bit of a chat. He, he actually, you know, skateboarded not, not just across, but he went from Perth to uh, Adelaide to Sydney to Brisbane and finished up in Brisbane. He did a couple of thousand kilometres on a skateboard. Mm. His right-hand leg was about 10 times as big as his left-hand leg at the end of it. Mm. Um, but that was a pretty interesting thing to do. But, mate, there's a, there's, as I said, there's a lot to see. But there's also, um, you know, the good old Nullarbor, good old Australia, we've got a few things that we can be proud of. The Nullarbor actually has the longest section of straight railway line in the world, Duck, mm. 478 kilometres long across that Nullarbor plain. Yeah. Just think of that, 478 kilometres without a curve. Mm. I mean, we think we've got it rough. I mean, the longest stretch of tar over there is only 147 kilometres. Mm. So you imagine what the four-old train driver's doing when he's doing the 478 oh, in the straight oh, line. Mate, I don't know. How, yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know, when you do that straight section and then all yeah. of a sudden you just can't do the bend, it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, amazing. Wow. Yeah. I better wake up for this one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, yeah, I know, and uh, and like you say, there is there is the the one thing that, uh, and I know you, I've just noticed it here on your notes, which you've reminded me, is that it's basically got the longest golf course in the world, the Nullarbor. Yeah, that's right. So there's another another great first for Australia, the longest golf course in the world. You can actually. They actually play golf at various little roadhouses and stops all along the way. They've got a tee off section. Um, once you tee off, I'm not not sure if they've actually got a green where your where your ball ends up, mm. but you can certainly tee off. I mean, you definitely need to take a lot of your, your second hand golf balls with you, mate. Mm. No, but, there's uh, a hole. Yeah. I think you, I think you, I think you tee off and then you play the hole. I think there is a hole then, at, a hole at each road or all the roadhouses and other stops. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, and they, I think I read that it takes four days to play yeah. to play the course, you know, mm. yeah, no, no, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty amazing. And most of those roadhouses have a bar attached too, so you've got your own clubhouse, every one as well, which is That's always it. pretty yeah. good. It was always very, very good as, um, because – yeah, but it was, that, that, that amazed me because when I uh, was there, uh, they were telling me about it, and I thought, how good is that? And I said, do many people do it? And apparently oh, a, stack of people, a stack of people – Get involved yeah. in this golf game. They do, and, and you'll have you'll have you know groups golf golf groups that will specifically do a trip across Nullarbor to play the golf links. Now they they go away and they go to some particular golf link somewhere and they make a big weekend of it. Mm. And that, and they people travel. I've got a mate who travels overseas to play golf and and all that kind of stuff. But yet you can take this one and do a road trip to Perth and have the golf game on the way. I mean, it's typical Australian you know humour. In some respect, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I remember, yeah. Sorry, I remember talking about that when I was at Balladonia, and when I spoke to one one of the blokes there who worked at the Balladonia Roadhouse, 
and uh, and he he was the one who actually told me about it. And then all the way along the Nullarbor, I saw the signs at different places for the golf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And look, you know, it's a, I mean, we're we're anticipating. I think that our listeners have got an understanding of what we're talking about, but. But let's try and paint a picture. Like the Nullarbor plane, Nullarbor is, a, would you believe it's Latin for no trees? So the Nullar is, is no and the and arbor, arbor, which is arbor, you know, the arbor, arbor thing you do with, you know, if you're an arborist, I'm trying to say, that's a bloke who climbs trees and says, well, I love my tree. Yeah. He's an arborist. No, fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so no, it's a no tree plane. It's very, very flat. Uh, the majority of it is flat. It's 200 and square Miles, 200 mm. square miles of, of flat plain, right on the bottom section of the of the of South Australia. It stretches really all the way um, from South Australia right across over the South Australian Western Australian border, and it's right on the Great Australian Bight, mm. which makes it even more spectacular. Oh yeah, because yeah, like you've got this dead flat plain mm. that literally drives off the edge of a cliff mm. and plummets a good 100, 150 feet straight down oh, into yeah, the, the roaring southern ocean. And yeah. you probably stopped there and looked at that yeah. trip, did you, mate? Yeah, I did, mate. I stopped a few times. There was a few places where you could stop. And uh, and now that it probably wasn't there when you went across in 2006, but there's now, you know, little car parks where you can drive in and pull up and get out and go for a little bit of a walk and just get some of the, you know, there's been walkways and decks and things built yeah. there. And some of the, if you're into your um, photography, some of the photo opportunities there, the water, the colour of it is just like a different blue. It's amazing. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a very, it's amazing. very, bright blue, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I mean, you're driving across there. You think you're in, you know, you look out to the left, so you know, so we're heading east now, so you look to the yeah. left and you just see nothing but flat plains. It's just, but you look yeah. to the right and you're right on the edge of the country. You are right there yeah. on it the edge. Oh, I mean, you just yeah. drop off right off the bottom yeah. of us. You know, where are you? Well, mate, I'm at the bottom of Australia. It's just amazing yeah. and um, it, it is incredible. It, the scenery and the, the fact that it's just so... That's so different. It's not anything that you'll experience anywhere else. With that sort yeah. of experience, where you can look across the outback and across the plains of absolutely nothing, but to the right, you've got you beautiful got water views. <laughs> You're right on the edge of it. You, right. There is one yeah. section there where you are the road. I mean, it's not dangerously close, but it is very, very close to the edge. And you think this is it, this is it. you mm. fall off there, mate. You've just fallen off the bottom of the country. It's amazing. Did you? Mate, did you camp along there anywhere? Do a free camp? And no, no, not, not, not near the water. I didn't know. I'd camped a few different spots. I know I stopped at, um, well, I had to do the radio show, Vic. And, I, and so I was, mm. I was at Balladonia for a couple of days. And yep. well, the one thing about Balladonia, and if you get the chance, uh, we mentioned the satellite, which I think was Skylab at the time that, yep. that had crashed. That's there. right. And, and you know, yeah. I was talking to the bloke there. They've got a museum there. You need to really, as part of the roadhouse, there's a, there's a museum yeah. and you really need to check the museum out. But did you know yeah. that the roadhouse received a phone call from the then <laughs> American right. president, yeah. I think it was Jimmy Carter, to, apolo right. to, apolo Carter. to yeah. apologise? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can you imagine it? Like, you know, that, that, and like we're talking about a pretty, a pretty rough, isolated roadhouse. In the middle of can, nowhere. You can, you can imagine the... The barman in the in the pub there at the roadhouse picking up the phone and 
Oh, it's Jimmy Carter here. I just want to say I'm really sorry. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like it's just you go, go, Bill, get off the bloody phone and stop pulling my leg. Yeah, it's incredible. Like you got there, we got the we got the uh, you know the president of the United States on the phone for you, Cyril. <laughs> but he, but uh, yeah, that's what he said. He has he actually phoned the you know the you know the American president phoned this roadhouse, which would be a dot on the map. And to yeah. apologise for the fact, but, but but let me tell you, he had nothing to apologise for because until then, no one had heard of Balladonia. Yeah, yeah. And it put it on the map, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know? and, and it was funny, the history there, Vic, it was that it was originally set up for farming, Balladonia. Yeah. It was, it was decided. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how people, <laughs> you know, 100 years ago were travelling yeah. across the Nullarbor, stopped at Balladonia, and went, you know what? We could have a farm here. It'd be a great spot for a sheep farm. Yeah, <laughs> mate, just incredible, and um, some good four-wheel yeah. drive tracks just off there too, Vic, from Balladonia oh, yeah. out, to, out to some great fishing spots. Yeah, well, look, to, and and speaking about about sheep farms and that, just prior to Balladonia, you've got the station called Fraser Park, which is uh, which is open at doors to tourists as well. So you can go in there and you can camp. There's great, you know, camping. There's even accommodation. Uh, Thirty bucks for a powered site, twenty-two for an unpowered, hundred bucks for a room. Uh, they do station tours, and and we did the station tour there. And you talk about back in the 1800s when this was opened up, and they've got the old stone uh, wall dams, you know, that they built to collect water or, or wells, in fact, that they they built, and you can see those on on the property. So that's a great spot to, to stop at. But um, another, as you mentioned, the four drive tracks, and we did a couple of those while we were down there. Just um, just past Balladonia, you've got the little place of Cocklebitty, and then out of Cocklebitty, you go you go along and you, you, you get to the edge of the, the escarpment because the, at times those cliffs are literally dropping straight into the ocean, and at other times the, the, the cliffs come inland a little bit and at that point near Cocklebitty, they come inland. Mm. So you actually drive down the edge of the cliff and then you follow a very, very sandy track for about 10 or 15 kilometres it is. I can't remember exactly now. I know we had to stop and drop the tyre pressures to get out there. But it goes out to the Air Bird Observatory, which was the, one of the original telegraph lines that was put across the Nullarbor way back in 1877. Uh. Um, and that's now a bird observatory. Now, that not only is that a place to go and watch birds, obviously, but it's a place where you can go and and uh, and study, you know, the, the various birds that migrate through that area. You can also do a whole bunch of uh, rehabilitation of the sand dunes. You can stay with the uh, the rangers that live out there, and it's like a, an educational type thing, and uh, they charge you to, to attend, of course. And when you can drop out and just have a look around like we did and then, then come back, you know, um, from that point where you drop down off the mountain there, we stayed down off that off the ridge top and mm. followed the original uh, telegraph line through a place uh, uh, called Burnaby. And uh, there were some old ruins there. We, in fact, we camped there that night and continued to follow that very overgrown track along the old telegraph line. So it was basically between the coast and the cliff line. And then when we hit a place called Madura, which is back on the on the actual air highway, 
you know, that's where the cliffs actually come back down. Mm. They, 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 you know, narrow out down to just a shallow climb up from from the coast, and uh, and then at that point, that's where they join the, the the actual coastline, and they veer straight back up into the the mountains and uh, sorry, up into the sky, mm. and that's where you you are then driving, as you say, very very close to the edge. For a good, well over 100 kilometres, mm. you're within striking distance of those cliffs. Um, you've got Eucla, which is a great little roadhouse, campground and yep. all that. Yes. And, and I don't know if you did it, mate, but you can drive from Eucla just, you know, only three or four kilometres at the most, straight out to the coast and uh, onto the white sand out there. And there's a, an old jetty that runs out into the ocean and it's like, you think, God, who, you know, and this is, you know, where they used to ship the, the goods from, the sheep and the cattle from and that, and then bring the, the goods into those, um, those telegraph stations along the track there because that was the only place where the boats on that great Australian bike could actually come in. But the, the, the actual jetty went miles and, well, not miles, but you know, hundreds of metres yeah, yeah, yeah. out into the ocean. Mm. And part of that old jetty is still there. Did you manage to see that, mate? No, I didn't see that one, no. I saw the jetty that was still there at Fowler's Bay, obviously back in oh, South yeah. Australia, which, yeah, um, but yeah. no, but you are right. I mean, it was just, look, and there was a lot of talk too. A lot of people were speaking to me about the Nullarbor nymph out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you see her? No, I didn't. <laughs> No. You didn't have enough to drink, obviously. No, exactly. But they did. They, they, there was people who said, "Keep an eye out for the Nullarbor lymph." Yeah, well, but that supposedly, um, actually, it was quite funny because you, the, the township of Euclid was trying to get itself on, you know, a bit of a, a tourist name in the in the early seventies, and then remember this was still a dirt road through there, mm. and uh, and they they actually made up a, a bit of a yarn about people sighting this semi naked lady that was, you know, hopping around with the kangaroos or something and they made a bit of a tourist attraction of it and then it became, you know, we got a bit of news media went out there and in the end the guy had to fess up and say, oh, look, actually we made up the story to try and attract a few tourists. (laughs) (laughs) That's never happened before. Mm. But mind you, I think after, you know, you can just imagine a few few blokes getting on on the, um, you know, on on the drink in some of those pubs and, and then going out to camp and God knows what they might see in the dark and mm. there's probably no doubt people have seen all sorts of things. I mean, there's even stories of, of bloody um, flying saucers and people being abducted and other people being, you know, examined by <laughs> by aliens out on the Nullarbor. I mean, it's a, there's a, a lot of people's imaginations can really run wild when you're out in a, a completely flat landscape at night with a million, million stars oh, yeah, right absolutely. down to the, and, and if you're right on the coast, those stars would go right down below the your feet, you know, because you're looking down on the ocean. So, you know, no wonder people dream up strange ideas about things. Oh, right, for sure. And the one thing that you want to, you wouldn't, the one thing about it, and we are making it sound that is very isolated, which it is, but you're really not too far in between towns, what, three, four hundred k's, you'll come across small towns. But one thing you will see out there is plenty of other people and plenty oh, of trucks yeah. and plenty of other travellers. Um, and I'd bumped into a stack. In fact, I even bumped into a mate out there, uh, which <laughs> blew me away. I mean, uh, but... Um, Was he semi-naked? I hope not. No, he wasn't. No, thank God. But um, anyway, but... Um, but yeah, that's the thing. There's plenty of travellers out there enjoying it, and 
usually on their way to or from somewhere. Uh, most yeah. of the when I when I'd come back across, um, it was people who'd come down the West Australian coast. I'd bumped into a few people that had been, you know, way up north and had headed down and then across and all heading, yep. heading to the southern states or around Melbourne and, well, not so much Melbourne, but Victoria and, and South Australia. But uh, it's certainly plenty of uh, places to stop and look at and uh, places to st- uh, that you must really, if you can take the time to, well, d- mate, to do that. One of those, one, one those must-do places is just east of the little roadhouse of Nullarbor, which is the head of Bight. And the head of Bight is a, um, oh, it's a fantastic conservation area that they've set up. It's a, there's a big um, information centre there. Um, you've got to pay a small fee to go into it. But during, from, from June through to September, um, all, the, um, all the whales that we see up and down the east coast and all the whales that go up and down the west coast, they all head down to that southern ocean to carve and, and you know do what whales do, and um, and you can and I've stood on the edge of the of the cliff there at the head of bite, and I've looked straight down onto the water and seen over thirty whales down, mm. you know like a hundred meters away, like you know you get people will pay big bucks to go out in a boat off Sydney Heads and that to see one whale, you know just just you know breach and send a bit of a water up in its tail, slash the water, and they all go whoopee. You go to head a bite, mate, and uh, I think you know they have a, a daily record of how many whales are sighted. And I think a couple of days prior to us getting there, there was something like fifty-six whales, separate whales, had been sighted mm. straight below them in on in those waters. So you know that's that's something to, to look out for. Uh, the head of bite, it's called. You go out there's a beautiful big information centre uh, that's there, and then you walk down as you say over those well-built. Um, uh, wooden uh, pathways that lead right out to suspended out over the cliffs, mm. these platforms. So that you look directly down, virtually onto the waves, uh, onto the whales that are that are down there and carving. And they've got their young ones with them, and oh, mate, it, it's it's just brilliant. It really is, really yeah. good thing. Yeah, spectacular. Um, there's a lot of caves too that uh, are along there because that that great flat plain. It's all a, a, like a limestone type type area and it's all riddled with with caves and underground caves and um, there's only one or two that you can you can visit and they're signposted as you go but if you're a professional caver and you've got the permits there there are several caves that you can go to but there are several mate that you've got to have scuba gear because you go down and they're full of fresh water and then you swim through you know little little tunnels and channels and that underground that's not for me I'm going to tell you that right now no, <laughs> the idea of swimming underwater in a cave is is something that I'd uh, like to read about mm. yeah no it's not for me I, I, I'm with you on that one Victor yeah. mm. um, the, the other thing to, to just mention um, uh, the Yalata Roadhouse is the jumping off point for a trip that we do out there uh, which goes up to you know the atomic test site of Maralinga. So you've got Yalata, and that's your, your last refuel point before you head up to Maralinga. Yeah. And at that point, you've also, just on the coast there, there's a place called Dog Fence Beach. You might wonder, wonder why it's been called that. Well, that is the famous dog fence that they built to try and keep the dingoes on one side and the cattle and the sheep on the other. Which, of course, I could never work it out because there were cattle and sheep and dingoes on either side of the bloody fence. But anyway, 
But it, it's the longest fence in the world. It, it goes all the way from that coast just west of Seduna and uh, and it finishes up near Toowoomba, right? So it, it's that the same right? fence. That, that's oh. right, mate. It, it forms our our um, our boundaries with uh, Victoria and uh, and South Australia, yeah. um, and then and then of course it's the one that goes up through Cameron's Corner and it's the, the the boundary between New South Wales and Queensland. Uh, and it's the one you cross over when you're driving down the Birdsville track and you cross over on the Strasleky track. I mean, it was one hell of a thing. It was the longest structure in the world when it was being maintained back about 50, 60 years ago. Uh, mate, there's, there's just so much history in Australia. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it gets better, as they say. If you, if you turn off the air highway just past that roadhouse, uh, and head down towards Fowler's Bay. Just mm. before you get to Fowler's Bay, there's another station called Karabi. Uh, I've dropped in there, and the mate, they've got a great setup for people who want to camp. Mm. It's only a few dollars, and they've got you know fire pits there, and they've got a little place that you can get in out of the wind if it's a bit cold and wet. Um, and also, you you see what station life is like on these soup stations. Mm. Um, and then you've got Fowler's Bay. One of my most favourite places to visit is Fowler's Bay. Well, the way there's it, there's it's got, sorry, mate, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got the giant sand dunes right at its doorstep. Mm. And, you know, you can do some great four-wheel driving up on those great big sand dunes, drive up the beach, drive up the headland, see the colony of seals down below your feet. Mate, I, I just love Fowler's Bay. Yeah, well, if you go 20 k's down, if you go into Fowler's Bay... And you and uh, you take a road that heads back west. Well, you can actually do it from the other end as well. There's, and it turns to dirt. And there's a little little campsite there called Scott Bay Campsite. That I camped That's in it. there. Yep, yep. I camped. It's a free. <laughs> it's a free camp. There are no facilities. That's uh, near Mexican hat, isn't it? Little, little bit, little bit. Oh, I'm not sure, but but there's a. It was a little yeah. bit rough going in. Um, yep. So, but but you can beach camp there. There was a couple of. There was an off road van there when I was there up on the. Uh, the rocks, but there's there's a track that goes onto the beach there. There was a, a few people going there beach fishing and that. But it, yeah. but the Scott Bay yeah. campsite is basically located behind the dunes, and um, yeah. so you're protected yep. from the you're protected from the wind there. But that was a great spot, and we I'd camped there uh, one night, and it was like yeah, I think about 18, 20 kilometres. You came back out of there and then turned right onto this dirt road, which basically yeah, took, took you yeah. straight in. And brought you straight smack dab in the middle of Fowler's Bay. Um, well, look, yeah, you're right, mate. And I, I've, yeah, we've taken our tour groups down there, and um, and that where you say you get down on the beach, we've gone down on that beach, and then you drive all out the beach, all the way up to Fowler's Bay, and then you've got to come out over the the giant sand dunes. So you you want to like know how to drive on sand, you know, drop your tire pressures right down, all that kind of stuff. Mm. But that that's brilliant. And that Mexican hat I was talking about. It's it's um, just a little bit, uh, probably a little bit west of where you are, and it's a rock formation that looks like obviously a Mexican hat, has big broad brimmed hats, and it's out off the coast there. So it's all been eroded away, and it just sits out there off the coast. But uh, it, it's a stunning, stunning spot. I just love Fowler's Bay and that area. And then as you continue your way towards the east, you come across the the little town of Penong, um, which is the windmill capital of Australia. And, um, and you might have spotted some of the windmills there. They've actually got a park just off the main road as you're coming east, it's on your left. And they've, they've actually reconstructed some of the most famous windmills 
that, that have been around Australia on that and relocated the big comet windmill there, etc. Uh, I remember back in 06 when we drove into Penang before the park had been established, we counted over 100 windmills just in that tiny little town of Penang. I mean, Penang's, you know, it's five minutes to drive down the main street. Actually, it's probably about probably about two minutes to drive down the main street of Penang. So it's not a really big place. So to count over 100 windmills in the paddocks around it was a little bit, oh, my God, you know, what's going on here? And they've capitalised on that by devoting this whole park to the history of windmills in Australia, which is really interesting when you start to read it. And the sad thing is, Doug, that you know, windmills are dying out now because they've all been replaced by solar-generated water pumps. Mm. Yeah, it is. It, it, that's sad. I've, yeah. got, I've, got a, I've got a small windmill here, you know. It, yeah. it, just, it just spins around when it's windy, but anyway, it looks good. <laughs> that's the idea of a windmill, mate. Mm. Yeah, I know. But they you're as sharp as a tactic, eh? You know, wow. they're supposed to pump water as well. It's not pumping any water, it's just spinning. It's not it's doing spinning, anything. Huh? Yeah, it's just spinning. You want to hook it up, mate? Well, it's a bit windy, up. but anyway. And then obviously, yeah. anyway, but uh, there was another camp spot that you told me about. Was that Davenport Creek? You were telling me there was a bit of a beach drive oh, and a yeah, good camp yeah. spot. There was another spot there you were telling me about, which, again, was a free camp. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, Davenport Creek, that's just prior to Sejuna. In fact, be- before you duck out to Davenport Creek uh, from Penong, you want to take a drive due, due south, straight down to the coast, because you've got Cactus Beach down there. Right. And Cactus Beach, if you were a surfer, I can just imagine you on the surfboard. No, I can't. Jetsky, I'm a jet skier. Yeah, a jet skier. Yeah, send yeah. me out there in the um, stuff, mate. Don't worry about that. But if I mentioned Cactus Beach to, to anyone in the surfing fraternity, they would know exactly what I was talking about because it's actually world-renowned. It's got some of the best breaks um, in, in, in the country, in the world, in fact. And, and we've been out there and we've spoken to people from all over the world travelling to Cactus Beach. And look, it's just a bush camp, you you know, you camp, there's a small fee of like, there's a little caravan there and runs it. Um, you've just got to watch out for the Noah's Arks down there. there there's, there's a lot of white pointers around there. Mm. And in fact, the next beach around is Point Sinclair, which is in a in a cove, so it's a protected beach. And they've even got a, uh, a like a swimming area uh, roped off and, and netted that you can swim in. But there's also a, a plaque there, to a, I think it was a nine-year-old kid who got taken by a shark back in the 60s or 70s. And there's an old shipwreck on the on the beach down there as well. Mm. But uh, but then yeah, you're right. If you continue along, and you can either go back to the air highway, or you can follow the dirt roads to the east, and you come to that place called Davenport Creek. It's directly across to Nile Bay, uh, opposite Sedona. Uh, it's obviously got the creek running in through the mangroves, and they're the they're the most southern area for mangroves to grow in Australia. So there's another. Another first for for Australia. Well, they can't grow so, any uh, further south than there, otherwise they'd be seaweed. They'd be down, down in Antarctica, wouldn't they? <laughs> that's right. Uh, but when you think of mangroves, you know, that's more like something up in the you know the Northern Territory or the top end. Mm. And you've got these mangroves that grow down there. But yeah, look, there's some great beach driving again. High pressures down. You can drive up the beach up to the headland. Great views across to to Sedona, across to Nile Bay. Great big sand dunes to drive in, and there's even an established campsite in the sand dunes with a with a bloody toilet and all that that you can use. So yeah, right, okay. you know, that's a great location. You've you, a couple of words of warning uh, when you cross the border way back in South Australia WA border. You can't take any you know any fresh food items and 
fresh, um, you know, fresh veggies and that mm. in into South Australia. They're pretty strict on that. Mm. And um, and when you when you're coming into uh, Sedona itself, yeah, you, you go through yeah. another check. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty strict there too. I've got to say, but yeah, border town. Uh, yeah, yep. sure. And, and look, just a, a couple of little tips here for people that are travelling uh, in that you know in that region. There, there was a motel fuel stop on the western side of Border Town. Fill up there. She's about twenty cents cheaper than Border Town. <laughs> so there's a little tip for you. And I was given that tip um, on, when I was in Perth. I, I'd topped up at Border Town, and um, and I was given that tip. But there was something. But in Sejuna, now this is for those of you, um, you know, when you're driving over from the east, in Sejuna, there's an Auto One. With, a, with an automated fuel station. Now, I've got to tell you there would be the cheapest diesel anywhere um, and basically you've got to pay up front and do your best. They try and do your sums on what you're going to spend. If you go over, yeah. if you don't use as much as you've you've typed on your card, well, they, they, they credit you the next day. It is the only locally owned fuel supplier in, in that region. It's um, a local fellow who supplies all the properties out there. And, yeah. and all the service stations out there are owned by the big wigs in, you know, the big smoke. But that particular one, and, and the fuel is so cheap, uh, and it is cheap for the fact that he's really got low overheads because it's just an automated automated pumps. But let me tell you, do yourself a favour, fill your jerry cans up and, and, and fill right up to the brim and get as far across as you can with that fuel because once you get across the Nullarbor, you pay. But there's a but, but but once you get yeah. past what is that little town, just as you, so heading say heading West Vic, um, you come through Border Town through that checkpoint, and then it's only about twenty k's or so. There's another stop, I can't think of the name of it now, but you, you'll see it. It's got you know accommodation yep. there, and then the fuel yeah. there is just so much cheaper than Border Village, you know. So what do I call it? Border yeah. Town, well, not Border Town, Border Village. But you are right, and then in regards to you know travelling the way the direction we are here today. You go through Border Village, you do that check, but then when you get to Sejuna, and that then they are fairly strict, and they they don't take your word for it. You so say you got anything in? No, mate, no, nothing. Okay, can we just have a look? Yeah. What, 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 we'll have a look in your fridge. What do you think yeah. I'm lying? What do you think I'm lying? And yeah. um, I can yeah. actually tell you. No, a, no. I can actually tell you a funny story. Yeah, and it's not so much the Nullarbor, but I was driving to Adelaide, and I went. I, I went. I, when I go to. Um, when I go to um, to drive to Adelaide, I always drive down through Hay and then Tooley Buck that way. And, yep. then, and then as you come into, um, oh, well, I can't think of the name of it now, there's a little checkpoint as you come into South Australia. So you actually go through Victoria for a little yeah, while yeah, and then into South Australia. Is it the one at Peterborough there? That's it, Peterborough. Yeah. Anyway, yep. I've pulled up there. <laughs> I've pulled up at Peterborough. Uh, and again, if you're travelling late at night in that area, as you go into Peterborough, there's a little motel that's an automated job. You check in, do the whole bit, which is a great little tip off, right next door to a massive roadhouse. So I pulled up their rule out late the night and thought, mate, you know what, that'll do me. But I remember pulling up one time at that checkpoint, right, Vic? And the yeah. bloke said, have you got any fruit on board? I said, mate, do I look like the bloke that'd be carting a fair bit of fruit? <laughs> carting fruit. I said, there's a... There's a fridge full of beer in there and some steaks. I said, there's no fruit. And he said, you mind I've have a look? I said, oh, please yourself, mate. You know, check it out. Well, little did I know <laughs> that Mrs. Duck 
thought she'd oh, do no. the right thing and threw, oh, no. <laughs> threw oh, in mate. a couple of oranges and some yeah, some bananas or whatever, and I've just stood there and gone, mate, someone's broken. Oh, someone's obviously broken into my car, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, uh, but anyway, he, he just... You're lucky you weren't dished up with a fine. <laughs> no, he, knew, he knew I wasn't. He knew. He, I said, mate, I had no idea. I said, I'll give you my missus number. She'll confirm she yeah. must have threw them in there. Then I rang her. I said, did you do that? She goes, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah good on you. Oh, I've got to go through checkpoints. You can't take fruit into South Australia. But yeah, yeah. Not after I've told him I haven't got any anyway. Oh, yeah, I know. But anyway, <laughs> oh, you feel like saying to them, what, what do you think? I'm a liar, mate. Oh, yeah, exactly. Especially that one at Sejuna because that one, the one as you're coming into Sejuna is, is um, mate, it's, what else? they're all sort of strict, but they were just seem to be the, the stricter of all the stops that I'd, you know, experienced. But then obviously well, yeah, think- we get to Sejuna, mate, and again, when, I met, we, when we, we spoke about Sejuna, Vic, um, with Laura from Top Parks, in, in, in particular yeah. that caravan park there. But yep. the, the, but I said to her, and I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with me, the town of Sejuna, it's real touristy-like, isn't it? Oh, it's a great little town. Yeah, yeah it's a I, I quite like And I'll tell you, the, the thing you've got to do, I mean, the Foreshore Caravan Park is right, right on the water there. Mm. But what you've got to recognise is that you're looking due west across the Nile Bay, Mm. Which means you get these beautiful sunsets over over water. You know, I, I don't know about you, mate, but I, it's not often for us living on the east coast that That's we right. see a sunset over water. Yep. And um, and any time you can, it's always a treat. Mm. And that that's one place down at Sedona, anywhere along that that offshore drive. And isn't it a beautiful drive? There's a lovely green park all along there as well. Mm. And you can just pull up and. Sit there and have your, your beer and your chips. For me, in my case, my coke and my chips, mm, and, and watch the sunset over the water in a cream bun. Yep, mm. yep. And uh, it, it's just a stunning spot. Mate, I, I just I would really like to be able to put a cheerio call out to oh, one of our we, listeners. Here we go. Here we go. No, no. I got an email. Well, what, what, what business? What business is this bloke in that you're dealing with? No, no look, I got an email from Mark Judd, mm. right? And he's he actually he's on a farm out north of West Wylong. And uh, and he he listens to the podcast. He said in his email to me while he's on his tractor, plowing the field. So I actually emailed him and I said, "What are you, what are you sowing today, mate?" And he came back and he said, "Oh, he's doing some barley and he's going to get some canola in that they've had some good rain." Yep. And he said, "Finally, looks like we're going to have a good year after quite a few years of being pretty poor." Mm. So get on your mark, and um, I hope you're listening yeah, on in your tractor, mark. and well done, mate. Yeah, and he's right too. Good on your mark. We appreciate all the support we can get. But, uh, and We've got one supporter. Well, there's plenty of people that do. <laughs> I, I know our man Roger Brown, who, who and he's got half these blokes driving machines in the Kalgoorlie gold mines listening to all of the podcasts yeah. that we do and the radio shows and stuff. But Mark's right. I was out that way a few weeks ago and um, met a mate of ours out there, Denny Dave, and I noticed too that there was a lot of water lying around in the table drains. They've had a bit of rain uh, and yep. there were some wet spots out there and it was great to see because it's funny, you know, I've driven out there before after they've had big rain and you see a lot of water lying around, in particular along the sides of the roads in those drains. But I've yeah, also been yeah. there like you, Vic, when the yeah, place is just dry. as dry yeah. as chips and... When you the know, wind blows and a dust storm oh, comes yeah, up. Absolutely. And, oh, absolutely. No, good on yeah, you. Look, Don't I, they put barley in beer? What do they do, <laughs> what do, they do with barley? Uh, it's, it's yeast, isn't it? Yeah, until I don't it, 
Tell, tell it to China, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe not now, anyway. But, yeah. um, anyway. but anyway, at the end of the day, they got I can you, hardly mate. wait to get out there, mate. I tell you, look, oh, you know, I know. I know. at this stage, we're still waiting to be able to travel. Yeah. But um, I, I, as soon as that, as soon as those little travel um, restrictions are lifted, well, I'm going to hit the road pretty just for a couple of days and mm. get out west because I believe it's looking great. It's looking yeah. green and 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 you know the canola when it comes up and and goes to flower mm. in another couple of months, it's going to look absolutely stunning. Yeah, fields and fields of yellow. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know when you go up around yeah. Narrabri Moree, you see all those canola um, plants up there. You see, God, how beautiful is this? It, it's it's funny, you know. I was actually talking to a mutual friend of ours today, Vic. Min from oh. out, Min from Outback Signs, and um, we were talking about Trilby. That'd be fantastic out around Louth now because there's a bit of water in the river. So that'll be yeah, mate, mate. I'm going to be camping there as soon as we, as soon as we can go. We've got a trip planned from Lightning Ridge down the Darling to Trilby, mm. and all the way down to Menindi, which has got got water in it. So one one day we're going to do this this uh, podcast, mate, and I'll be out there. I'll be talking to you. Oh, I'll come with the you. I'll just bring you or somewhere. Let me tell you, but <laughs> it's not mine. This thing just goes into this. I can just can't. This just goes into a case, mate. I'll just bring the gear with me. I'll be out there. Yeah, with you it. like to, you like to invite yourself along on my trips, don't of you? Of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you're lucky I'm not charging you a fee. I mean, normally I'd be charging. Yeah, that'd, be, that'd be bloody right. Yeah, I mean, the I'm only just... way you are going to get invited along is if you invite yourself. You yeah. know that. Yeah, I know. I know. I, know. <laughs> I understand that part of it. All right, Vic. Well, mate, we'll let you go. It is your birthday, but mate, well done um, on that. On well, that was a that good one. one because I think you said one of the someone someone had emailed you in and said, "Oh, we, you know, get Vic to talk about the Nullarbor." So yeah, you if, know, uh, you if, dropped that on me this morning, and there, bang, there you go. Yeah. So let, let's do a bit more of that. Yeah, absolutely. Name the place if I don't know if I haven't been there, I'll make it up. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> right. No, and the thing is, I should have done my research and looked for the message, but it was either a, it was either a comment just on the Facebook page. Or yeah, it was yeah. a, an email or a message via the page. But uh, it only came in last week and said, look, why don't you and Vic talk about the Nullar Boys? You've both been across there. Uh, it would be great to get your take on it. And, uh, look, it's, I think it's a it's a fantastic trip. I wish I, I'd spent more time doing it. Obviously, I was on the job for work. I did take a little yeah. bit of time coming back. I would have loved to have – well, I would have if my man Roger was in town. He was actually overseas. I would have got down to Esperance and – some of those places mm. in the West Australian you know, coast is just, especially the southern part of the state. Just oh, that's another whole great part of the country. Spectacular, yeah. mate. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I would love to have done that. And then it was I had emails from people who worked on properties out there saying, "Oh, duck, you should have stopped in and make sure you call here." And but anyway, yeah, it was a work yeah. trip, and that's what happens. My work trips are usually a little different to yours, Victor, because you're out taking your time and showing people all these things. Where I'm just yep. getting from A to B, but um, you know, and you're trying to get from A to B as quick as you can. But sometimes, look, you know, if you're going mm. to travel in Nullarbor, you know, like you know, give yourself plenty of time. Um, uh, allow allow time to, for the unexpected, because you're going to hear about places and be able to explore stuff when you talk to other travellers and people in the roadhouses. So you know, don't don't put a time scale on your trip over the Nullarbor. Look, you can jump in your car and race across it in two days, and uh, and you'll think it was a pretty tough drive. Mm. The reality is, it's a spectacular part of Australia and uh, totally, totally different. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. All right, Vic. Well, that was a good one this week. The uh, the Nullarbor, a really good road trip, and uh, mate, I'll leave you to go and have a birthday cream bun with <laughs> with um, with those twenty one candles in that cream bun, and we'll talk about. Well, it, eh? A little bit worried, mate. The fibre goat has just turned up because 
was lighting up all the candles. <laughs> all the smoke alarms have gone off. <laughs> they said something about you wouldn't have a permit for a burn-off. <laughs> oh, very, very good, mate. All right, we'll have another road trip for everybody next week. Okay, matey. Take care. Good Love on you, it. mate. And there he was, Vic Widman, and again, a very detailed look at another iconic road trip, the Nullarbor. And uh, look, if you want to suggest one, mate, by all means, you can do that. There are two ways. You can just go to our website, bluecollarmedia.com.au, click on the contact button there. Uh, we certainly do appreciate any suggestions, and uh, and we will reply to the email, or you can send it via our Facebook page. Uh, don't forget, you can do that as well. Just go to the duck at the Duck Adventures and look. And just on Vic's trips, if you're interested, go to his website, 4wd.net.au. 4wd.net.au. Great divide tours, and uh, I can tell you now, if you want to go and travel Australia, and if you, you've heard Vic on this on this particular podcast, and you've also heard Vic. Um, talk to me on the radio for over the years. He gives a very detailed account of what you can expect on all of these trips around Australia. If you want to enjoy that for yourself and see it firsthand, well, it's pretty easy to do. You just go with Vic, and he's got a team of professionals that uh, and guides that will take you out. You travel with safety in numbers um, and with people that can, you know, well, you, you will drive past, you guarantee yourself this. If you go for a drive somewhere in Australia, you will drive past... 20 or 30 places that Vic would have, you know, stopped off at that you didn't know were there. Those little tracks that you go off the main road, those little 10K, 20K, um, you know, little epic, you know, little trails that will, you know, will lead to somewhere spectacular. Vic knows where they all are and all of his trips. That's why he has a lot of return business because uh, he gives very, very detailed um very, very detailed trips where you can stop off and see all these attractions and experience what there is um, to see and do and experience what there is out there in this country. Vic knows all those little nook and cranny spots, as they say. And, of course, you've got the, the beauty of it is that you've got the peace knowing that you're travelling with numbers and safety in numbers, that's what they say, and with like-minded people as well, people that are into um, into these trips. And I know that Vic, one thing that Vic really does... Uh, pride himself on with his business is the fact that some of his customers become friends and go on their own trips and uh, and and that's what it's all about. Vic likes to share his knowledge with everybody out there. So if you want to go do the Nullarbor, you want to do any trips, anything, just look what he's look at his website. He's got trips all over Australia. It won't be long now. I know the driver training's back on for Vic down there at the driver training centre and it won't be back it won't be long now before we can get out and cross borders and travel around. I know we can travel within states now. And we should have asked Vic about a couple of day trips that he may have had on, but that's okay. Check out the website, 4wd.net.au. Well, it certainly does. That is Road Trips Australia this week. So we certainly do thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Laura from Top Parks for giving us the uh, all the goss on those two caravan parks. And, of course, thank you for Vic for his... Um, insights and knowledge of the Nullarbor a fantastic road trip did it not long ago I suggest you do it if you haven't done it put it on the list it's an absolute ripper don't forget you can email us through the week bluecollarmedia.com.au click on contact and we certainly will uh, get back to you with all of those emails until next week that is Road Trips Australia and we'll be back to do it all again next week we'll see you then